You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't often not preach. So it's been an interesting month for me. Uh, just to warn everybody, uh, this month, I didn't preach the first Sunday because uh, I was supposed to be out of town, so Walt preached. I didn't preach last Sunday because Tam wanted to preach for Mother's Day. And we're going to Florida next week, so I won't preach next Sunday. Greg's going to be preaching. So I've got a month's worth of preaching to get accomplished this morning. <laughs> we're all laughing now. Let's see how we're feeling in a little bit. No, um, no but really, as watching the video and just where we are, it is so awesome to see God's faithfulness in our church. God is developing and growing and, and utilizing people in our body in incredible ways. Megan is ministering in Thailand. As a pastor, um, it was awesome. I, and, and typically when I don't preach, I'm not here, but I was able to be here for the last couple sermons to be able to see God's orchestration and His sovereignty revealed as Walt shared what God had been placing upon his heart, which was in line with what God has been doing in my life. And then Tam shares, and it's in line with what Walt shared, and it ties into what I've been sensing in my heart. It's awesome. Again, this morning, God's orchestration. The promise that God is alive. The promise that God is real. The promise that, that God is still speaking to us. We, we miss that. There's a reality that God is doing something remarkable. He's growing, He's developing, He's orchestrating, He's guiding, He's directing, and, and He's not just using one vessel, but He's using the body of Christ to accomplish the work. Man, that's what His Word says. It's pretty novel when we see God doing what His Word said He wanted to do. Right? This morning as, as I wrestled, I had a lot of time to think about what to preach about, and in my mind, my heart was going one way, and then last Sunday, Tam preached, and my mind went to a different place. And, and, and so I got a hold of Greg, and I said, Greg, what are you sharing? Because I've got to figure out which direction I'm going. You want to know how cool God is? Greg was sharing what I was wrestling with before. So I'm going to go ahead and preach what I felt like he laid on my heart last week. Tam preached in, in, on obedience, and, and she ended her, her sermon with a song. And in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37 where we see the prophet and he's prophesying in a, in a valley or in a plain to dry bones. As I was listening to Tam preach, I'm sitting there and I want to jump up and start preaching because that's what I do. It wasn't that she didn't do a phenomenal job, she did an incredible job, but I felt like that there's something more that we need to unpack in these verses. I don't want to forget about what God's doing in this portion of Scripture. And so this morning I want to spend some time looking at those same verses that Tam concluded with last week. So some of the history of this book just because of where we've been. We've been talking earlier this year about Haggai, the prophet, and he was a prophet to the same people that Ezekiel's a prophet to. Haggai came about 80 years, 50 years later, 50 to 80 years after Ezekiel. So this message was, was a message of the prophet to the same group of people just at a different time in their, in their walk that we met, we, we've been in Haggai and looked at. So who, was the, who were the people? Remember that Israel, things were good, and then they split into two kingdoms, a northern and a southern kingdom. And, and in the southern kingdom, it was the kingdom of Judah, and it kind of centered around Jerusalem. And that's the, the kingdom at which uh, Haggai and uh, Ezekiel were prophets to. But what happened to that kingdom was that these people 
who, who, who Ezekiel is, is speaking to, or who God is, is calling Ezekiel to speak to, these people have just experienced the fall of their kingdom. They've lived it. These people have witnessed the temple be destroyed. These people have watched as they've gone from freedom to captivity. They've been a part of this, this change in the kingdom. Remember we talked to Haggai, and Haggai, and he was coming where they were restoring this. They were experiencing this when it happened. So the book of Ezekiel, as we look at it, it's kind of divided in three sections. The first part of it is all about God's judgment. What's happening? Why is... Why are they experiencing what they're experiencing? God's judgment is kind of the focus of chapters 1 through about 24. Then we get to a part where when God's judgment comes, often we see the wrath of God come. And so for a few chapters, about seven or eight chapters in there, we, we see the prophet is, is focused on God's wrath. And it's not just for the people, it's not just for Israel or, or the kingdom of Judah, but it's, it's actually for the, God's wrath on the nations, on all those that are around them. But, but it's, it's, a, it's a portion of God's wrath. And then we get to the portion where Tam preached on last week for a little bit, and I want to preach on this week. And, and, and the end of the book of Ezekiel, the last uh, 15 or so chapters, it's all about God's hope and restoration. So we're going through a season in this book where we, where we start in, in, in rebellion and judgment, we go through wrath, and then we get to hope and restoration. And in the midst of that, we see these verses. Ezekiel chapter 37. And I know we read it last week, but I want to read it again this week. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. And it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. They were bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones, they came together bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, Prophesy breath. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, breath from the four winds, breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these dry bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live in them, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Amen. 
I love these verses. I love this story, this vision, whatever happened with Ezekiel, however this took place. And I just want to look at the words as to what happened. Now, now we see that God, in, in, in this chapter, in the beginning, in verse 1, He takes Ezekiel and He brings him to a valley, right? The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. What's the big deal about a valley? I mean, it might just be any valley, but there's some who, who, who theorize, there's some who think, because it's the same word that we see earlier in Ezekiel, where God's speaking some pretty profound things to Ezekiel. It's in the earlier chapters, so it's in the chapters of, uh, 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 of rebellion or judgment, where God's speaking to him. God takes Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 3 to, it says in that chapter, a plain. And in that plain, God begins to speak to Ezekiel. It says in Ezekiel chapter 3, the hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, get up and go out to the plain. That's the same word for valley. They theorize that this is the same place where he's at in in Ezekiel chapter 37. What's happening at this point in time? I will speak to you. So I went out to the plain, and the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory I had seen by the Kibar River. And I fell face down, and then the Spirit of the Lord came into me and raised me to my feet. He spoke to me and said, go Shut yourself inside of your house. Now, what is his job? What is his calling? His calling is to be a prophet. Now, listen to what God tells him to do. Go shut yourself in your house. And you, son of man, they will tie with ropes. You will be bound so you cannot go out among the people. His job as a prophet is to speak to the people, right? I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent and you will be unable to rebuke them for they are a rebellious People, I have to imagine as a pastor fulfilling my role, the brokenness that's associated with that plane. I'm a prophet. The people, he says in the verses that come before that, some will hear and, and, and they'll turn. Some, if you're, not, if you're not responsible, if you don't speak to them, I'm going to hold you accountable. Some of this is happening in chapter 3. He's called to speak to the people of, uh, of Israel, yet he's taken to a place and he can't speak. It's got to be a place of frustration. Ultimately, he's put in the middle of a plane of rebellion. That plane of rebellion becomes what? A valley of death. God is is talking. He's showing Elijah. He's using his life and, and the encounters. He takes him to a place where, where the word needed to be spoken but couldn't be spoken because the people didn't receive it. And, and that place that was rebellion, when he takes him there later in the book, it becomes a place of what? Very dry bones. Now, I'm not sure why God does what He does sometimes. Why? He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many of bones on the floor. Okay, we're seeing bones. Right? Bones are dead, right? We don't have have a question. But then there's some kind of emphasis that comes that the bones were very dry. What? What's the matter if they're wet or dry? What's the matter if they still got a little bit of meat on them or not? 
They're dead, right? There's an emphasis in, in, in the reality of what Ezekiel is experiencing. It's gone from a place of rebellion to a place of death. Like dead, dead. Like dead, dead, dead. Nothing. That's where the, the, the prophet is. Well, what leads to death? Genesis chapter 2 says, You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will certainly die. Really, rebellion, it leads to death. Rebellion, rejection of God's word, you want to stay in the plane of rebellion, you're going to wind up in the valley of dry bones. Because rebellion leads to death. Genesis chapter 2, it says it. It says it in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and all death through what? Sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God is illustrating through the prophet. Rebellion leads to death. Not just dead, but dead, dead. Not just bones, but but dry bones. So what are we supposed to do? I mean, that's a hopeless place. Can you imagine that? Like you're feeling like, hey, this is going to be a moment with God. He just promised us the the curtain's torn and we're going to experience his presence. And he lifts us up and he takes us to a place of death. Wait a minute, God, this isn't the book. I'm telling you, it went from a place of rebellion to a place of hope. Why? God looks at the prophet and he says these remarkable words. He said, son of man, can these bones live? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Um, you alone, Lord, no? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nope. Ain't no way. <laughs> Impossible. No. The prophet says, you know, God. Absolutely impossible. Absolutely illogical. These are dry bones. There is nothing left of them. There is no marrow inside of them. There is no life upon them. There is no hint of life near them. God is looking at the prophet and I said, the place, the plain of rebellion is going to become a valley of hope because of what God can do. You look around you, prophet, and all you see are bones. Dry bones. Very dry bones. He walks him around the valley. He's spending time so the prophet can look at all this death, all this dead, all this lack of hope. And he says, can they live? Show me your stuff, God. Huh? That's a trick question I'm not answering. What's your answer? He's answering a question with a question. (laughs) Good tactic. 
God says to him. What I love, God asked a question about the impossible, right? God asked a question about the incredible. Can these bones live? And, and, and the prophet says, well, God, you know, you're sovereign, whatever. God doesn't make the bones come to life. What does God say to the man of God? What does he say to the man of God? He says to Ezekiel, now you know. Ezekiel says to him, you know. And then he said to me, prophesy. to these." Wait a minute, God, you can do it. Okay, you can do it. Let me take it back. You can do it, yes. He says, prophet, prophesy to these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Man, how foolish would I feel talking to a bunch of dry bones. They don't have ears. Right, Ron? Bones have ears? Okay, I'm just making sure I'm checking on that. That's cartilage. Don't have ears. How are they going to hear? Prophet, I'm going to ask you to do the impossible. I'm going to ask you to do the incredible. I'm going to ask you to do something that doesn't make any sense. Prophesy to these bones. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Imagine that. God says, speak something. And the prophet spoke it. And then what happened? God's plan was revealed. Boy, that's profound, huh? What's prophecy? We make it so challenging. We make it so mystic. There was prophets in the Old Testament. I get there were a few that were prophets. Today, what is prophecy? The reality is we speak the Word of God. Prophets in the Old Testament were simply God's mouthpiece. They spoke for God, right? So can we be His mouthpiece? What did He have to do? He had to say to those bones exactly what God told Him to say. So he prophesied to them. And he said, so I did as I was commanded. And then what happened? So I prophesied. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and bones they came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. I want to tell you, God is calling us, his people, to prophesy his plan. There's power when we speak God's word. There is power when we speak God's design. We know His design. He's given us His design. We've heard His design. His will, we know it. His will is that none would perish. That there would not be death, but that all would have everlasting life. That's the will of the Father. That's what I can speak as a prophet when it comes to God's plan. When it comes to God's design, I can speak to death. I can speak to the impossible, the plans of God. And all of a sudden, I can begin to hear some rattling. Oh man, praise the Lord. Well, I might have started a little timid. Dry bones, come alive. God says you're supposed to come alive. Supposed to come together. Boy, it starts a rattling. 
Dry bones, let's go! Speaking God's plan. I don't care how impossible it is. I don't care how unreasonable it sounds. God's will is that none would perish. God's will is that you would become a new creation in Christ Jesus. God's will is that sin would not reign, but He would reign. God's will is, is for your life in the midst of the chaos. A lot of times we look at the chaos in our lives and we're afraid to say a word. God is speaking to you this day. Prophesy to your bones. Speak His plan to, to, to the mess that, that's around you. The things that seem impossible, the things, the things that seem unconceivable or irreconcilable, start speaking God's design. Prophesy to these bones. He prophesies three times. Didn't God work the first time? I mean, he's looking at bones, right? And they're all together. They've got flesh and tendons. And they're standing there before him like a bunch of zombies. That's the word. I'm not making it up. He said, prophesy breath, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet. A vast army. We need to be speaking life. Prophesy life. Yeah, God's design was happening, but they needed life. How did Adam come to life? God formed him, right? And then what did he do? He breathed in him what? The breath of life. Let me tell you, Jesus... In John chapter 20, he he says again, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And when he breathed, and with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. How did Jesus communicate the Holy Spirit to God's people? He breathed on them what? He breathed life. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I want to tell you, the breath of life is in you. God tells us that as children of God, we are indwelled with the Spirit of God. The breath of life is in you. You have the ability to breathe the breath of life to the dry bones that are around you. You have the, the ability, actually, you have the calling, you have the purpose of, of breathing the breath of life to the dry bones around you. Prophesy life. I mean, how compelling is it that the, that the, that the breath of life is in me? The breath of life is in you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've accepted the promise of the kingdom of God, He's breathed the breath of life inside of you. What are you doing with the breath that He's given you? And I want to obey. I want to be salt and light. I want to breathe life.
prophet, mouthpiece of God, you're called to breathe life. God is saying to you, speak the breath of life into those dry bones around you. I want to prophesy to the bones. The third time. So we prophesy God's will. We prophesy God's life. Now he's got people who are alive. He's got this vast army before him. They're alive. They've got the breath of life in them. And he prophesies one more time. Right? Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11. He said to me, Son of man, these bones are a whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We're cut off. They're in a valley of death. They're in a place without hope. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. These are people who are captive. These are people who are in bondage. These are people who have experienced the temple being destroyed. And God says to them, what? I'm going to restore all. I'm going to restore all that was, all the the destruction, all the devastation, all the discord, all the, the, the death that you're experiencing. I'm going to lift you up out of the grave. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you what I promised. I'm not only going to let you experience the presence of God, but I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to bring you back to the land that I promised. I'm going to restore the promises that I made to you. God brought the prophet to speak restoration. What are you saying? Like, how's your mouthpiece? They had excuses. I mean, the dry bones were dried up. They were saying, right? They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we're cut off. And Man, dry bones have excuses. But I've got hope. I read in Sunday school, if you're not in Sunday school, there's some pretty cool things happening. It starts at 9 o'clock. Come, we'll find a seat for you. Hope is an anchor. Your words, the words God's given you, the words God wants to speak for you, have the ability to be an anchor for someone else's life. Prophet, what are you speaking? You know, I know we can recognize the, the plains and the valleys. We see the rebellion. I'll be very candid. I was told by pastors when I came to Crawford, Nebraska, all about what Crawford was, all about who Crawford was, all about the bad things about Crawford and how hard it is and how broken it is. And I had a pastor that, I mean, he couldn't believe that people underneath the age of 21 actually drink. And, 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 and he thought this was a the, the terrible place. I mean, that's what he said to me. It's got a reputation for being dry. Huh? I'm going to tell you, we're called to be prophets to our valley of dry bones. 
I'm going to tell you, God's going to use you to speak His plan. God's going to use you to speak His will. God wants to use you to speak His design. God wants to use you to speak His hope and restoration. God wants to use you to breathe life on the situations and circumstances that are around you. He wants you to be the breath of life in our community. He wants you to be the breath of life in your families. He wants you to be the breath of life with your friends or wherever it is. He's called us to be the prophet in this place. What's your valley look like? You guys can come forward. I want you to picture your valley. You know, the cool thing here is, is God lifted up Ezekiel and He put him in the middle of this valley and he could see it plain as day. This morning, I want you to picture your valley. Your valley may be in your life. It may be the things that were rebellion and have now become death. It may be disobedience to God's plans and you're reaping the, the rewards of, of all this stuff around you. It may be the people that you're around. It may be faces of others in your life. I don't know what it is, but I, I pray that, that God can take you to that valley this morning. You know, I want you to see the death, the brokenness, the the disarray. I mean, I imagine those bones were scattered. They weren't laying as skeletons so they could just come together. But I just, in my brain, I imagine they're all scattered apart and one's coming from over here. They're like flying and ducking and stuff. I mean, man, there's chaos. We have chaos in our lives. Yeah, go there. It's okay. I want you to picture... Dead, 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 dead. Dry. Dry bones. You know that situation in your life that you say is absolutely impossible? That person that you say will never, ever don the, the doors of a church? They'll never submit their life to Him. That circumstance that seems overwhelming. That seems like there's no way out. That seems like it's absolutely impossible. I'm trapped. I mean, this is, we say, that's what they said. The bones said, we're condemned to this place. God's going to come back to you this morning and He's going to say to you, start speaking. He's going to say, absolutely, the impossible can happen, but I'm going to use you to accomplish the incredible. He's going to say, start speaking God's plan. Start professing God's design. Just start breathing that breath of life. That breath that's inside of you. Breathe on it. Breathe in it.
give them hope. That's an anchor for their soul. Give them hope that can only come through Jesus Christ and what He accomplished. God's speaking this morning. Can you say to your dry bones, live? Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's truth. I thank you that it's life. I thank you that it's relevant. I thank you that it's real. I thank you that it's alive and active. And God, I thank you that that's something that happened with Ezekiel in the southern kingdom of Judah. It can relate to me in, in, in this place called Crawford, Nebraska. God, that, that same promise is true, that your same desires are truth, that God, you want to use us, you want to use me, you want to use us to speak to the valleys, those places that may have just been rebellion, but now we're looking and they're full of death, those places that seem impossible, but God, you're saying, speak. God, I speak your desire. Father, your will for this room is there would not be one who would perish, but that all would have everlasting life. Your will for this room is that, yeah, though the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God, your will for everyone in this room is that we would not taste eternal death, but we would have the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus. If there's any in this room this day that doesn't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ, I speak to you this morning and I say, God loves you. I say, God loves you so much, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die. Why? Because sin needed a payment. The wages of sin was death. And Jesus came to pay the price for you. I speak God's will. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that you will be saved, I speak to you this day. God, for the one whose life seems in disarray, I speak the sovereignty of God. I speak the sovereignty of who God is, that all things are possible, Father. If they feel like the bones are everywhere, the bones are, are in places that, 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 that cannot be uh, uh, retrieved, they're dead, they're dead, dead, they're dead, dead, dead. I speak all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. I speak, God, that you can begin to bring those, those bones together, that you can begin to take chaos and bring order. God, I pray for there to be a rattling in lives. God, I pray for there to be a rattling in, in, in what we're facing. God, I pray that we can begin to see bones coming to life, those situations we thought would never be resurrected. We thought they would never come to life, God. We would begin to see. We would begin to hear. We would begin to experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Father, I breathe life. The breath of life that you've placed inside of me. God, I breathe life to situations. I breathe life into Crawford. God, I, I breathe life 
into our neighborhoods. I breathe life, God, into our church. I breathe life, God, into the sin in our lives that, that we're afraid to even admit. God, I breathe life. restoration all things are possible all things are possible all things are possible God's promises are yes and amen it's possible God can God has he spoke on the cross Jesus said it is finished the work of the gospel was complete through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ The hope of the resurrection, it's yours. The hope of eternal life, it's yours. Yes, in this world we may have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world, Jesus Christ said. He said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. I speak full life. And that's hope and restoration of God's plans and purposes. Yeah, we might have sinned. We might have screwed up. We might have sinned so bad we died and we're dry bones. But God's got a restoration for you. God, use me. God, I pray you would use us. It may seem awkward. It may feel weird. But if you say so, Lord... God, this morning I pray that you would help us to be prophets. Empower us. You promised to endue us with power when you placed your spirit inside of us. It was a promise of power to be witnesses, to be salt and light, to obey the call that you've placed before us, God. Help us to be who you've made us to be. This morning as Walt and Carrie lead us in a chorus, I'll open up the altars and I'll say, I'll be a prophet if you need a prophet in your life. If you've got dry bones and you're not sure what to do with them, I want to pray and speak to those dry bones. If you want to come forward and and you want to find a place where you can kneel and begin to to seek the presence of God, the power of God, the plans of God for, for the dry bones that are around you, it's just a time for that. That we could experience His presence, that we could experience Him. The altars are open. Can your dry bones live? Can your dry bones live? The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you speak. May you prophesy. May you speak whenever you're in the midst of the valley. May you hear rattling. May you see tendons. May you watch things come to life. May you restore hope in in, in those around you. Amen? Be blessed.